Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing Skylar Fluss. Now, this is a conversation that I think is a really impactful one. We talk to so many people out there that gain some kind of uh, some some kind of fame, whether it's an actor, whether it uh, is somebody in the music world, all kinds of people, uh, authors, of course. There's just there's a lot of ways to gain fame. The one that I want to kind of focus on is is viral fame and and you know getting fame for something that you didn't really mean to get fame for. I've talked to several people like that already. I talked to Kazoo Kid, who, you know, got famous 20, 30 years after for a video that he was on as a child, and then he was an adult, and and how he navigated that. I talked to Disaster Girl, who, one of the biggest memes of all time, and, and how she navigated that fame. But this conversation is about navigating fame when it is notoriety, when you've done something that... Uh, you're you're not real real happy about that you're you're frankly embarrassed happened to you and then you gain notoriety you gain fame and you become viral because of that it's it's really easy to uh you know laugh off you know becoming viral for you know something silly falling that may be embarrassing but it it's uh it's not necessarily a, a bad thing what happens when it is a bad thing what happens when You've done something, you're maybe the biggest regret in your life thus far. Millions of people are looking at, millions of people have comments about, millions of people have opinions about. That's what happened with Skylar Fluss. Uh, I'm going to let her explain most of the situation, but kind of in short, there was a video, I guess a year and a half, two years ago now, where she was pulled over by a police officer. Um, she had been drinking. What uh, I guess what wound up happening was the police officer, you know, decided that uh, it wasn't something that he was going to look at further for DUI and, and sent her on her way. She decided to make a video at that point, basically misrepresenting the situation and saying that the police officer, you know, flirted with her, let her go, and and wanted to schedule lunch for a following day. Didn't happen at all. She uh, she's going to explain why she did that. Um, the aftermath, you know, the police officer obviously was uh, in trouble for a moment until the body cam footage came out and saw there was a routine traffic stop. Nothing at all happened um, out of the ordinary. Nothing inappropriate happened. But what did happen was now Skyler became notorious for a video that got hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of views. All the ramifications that came from that. She was absolutely wrong, and she's going to admit that in this conversation. I think what you're going to see here is somebody who did something that uh, is not great. It's, it's uh, frankly, terrible that uh, somebody would do something like that. But she learned a lot from it. Um, she's grown as a person since then. But that video is stuck on that night two or three years ago. And the growth that she's done since then, the changes she's made in her life since then, People who find the video now, they have no idea, and they still think Skyler's Skyler of, of a few years ago, who wasn't yet mature enough to uh, to understand the situation, wasn't yet mature enough to realize the the fall in in those ways. So 
it's it's an interesting world to to look at something that uh, gaining notoriety for something that is just bad. So that's what we're going to examine today. We're going to talk to Skylar all about the situation, the aftermath directly after, how she felt, um, the growth she's done since then, what she's doing with life now, just the the world after the the lights fade, after that that 15 minutes of, of fame when the 15 minutes were wasn't uh, wasn't great and, and the lights that were shined on you were were harsh and, and people were criticizing so uh this was a fascinating conversation i think you're really going to uh to learn a lot you know skylar is a a bright young lady that i think that uh has got a great head on her shoulders now <laughs> i don't know that you know that that uh that fateful night a few years ago whether she was using her head very well um but i think that uh you know she learned a lot from it um, she's going to say that in, in one part of this conversation. She's going to say that uh, maybe it was the best thing that happened, could have happened for her. Of course, uh, everyone wishes that it didn't take something like this and, and potentially causing a problem for a, a police officer. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it allowed her to grow and, and mature and realize that uh, she needed to, uh, you know, to, to change some things. And, and, you know, we've got to get her credit for, for doing that because she certainly has. So. Uh, without further ado, here is Skylar Fluss. I'm here today with Skylar Fluss. Ms. Fluss, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's kind of a, a different kind of podcast today that I normally do, but let's kind of just start at the beginning and talk about just who Skylar is. Introduce yourself. Um, I'm Skylar. I'm 19. I'm born and raised in Colorado. Um, I've been super active my whole life, super outgoing, kind of just like a down-to-earth person. Obviously, I've made some mistakes that I'm still dealing with, but I'm always about being positive and just kind of like growing every single day and all of that stuff, all of that. So that's kind of like who I am. Yeah, I love it. And of course, we'll talk about, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, those, those mistakes, because I think that's, that's, that's something we all can, can learn from. And I think you have. So before we get there, though, tell us, I guess, what, what you were up to before, I, I think the, the, the big, the big date is April 2nd, 2022. <laughs> what were you up to before then? Were you in school? What, what were you doing before then? Yeah, so I was 18, um, just turned 18. Um, still in high school, I went to Columbine, just graduated in May, actually. Um, I don't think I was working at the time. But yeah, I was playing lacrosse. I was still being like active, working out every single day, had a bunch of friends, like all of that. I had always like a busy lifestyle, never liked being home, like always, always out with my friends, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said, wh- where'd you say you went to high school? Cause I feel like that's a pretty famous <laughs> high school and one that I feel like yeah. every time, every time you say it, people are probably like, Oh wow. What was that like? <laughs> what was that like going to a high school? Everyone knows. Um, Columbine honestly was the best experience for me. That was the one place where I felt the most safety and security from everybody. Like just the community in general was just like so strong where it was like, no matter what happens like to you, no matter who you are, there's always going to be somebody there for you who wants the absolute best for you and wants to see you grow. That's why I loved Columbine. Like the principal, um, Scott Christie, so welcoming literally built such a loving community for me and like welcomed everybody with well like loving arms he does everything he can do to help people the teachers are there to like 
really make sure you're learning and not just like wasting your time. So it was like the best experience ever, honestly. Right. Well, I mean, I, I feel like given, of, of course, if people don't know, that was that was one of the first big mass shootings in, in a school. Unfortunately, there's been a, a lot since then. But I, uh, I feel like, you know, obviously safety and security is not the word that people would have normally would have thought what, that you would say. Do you think that it's kind of woven into the fabric now because of what happened back then? That is that at all something that's ever discussed? I feel like, you know, it's in, most important that the people that go to that school feel that way, given that some, some pretty bad things happened a long time ago that was not safe and was certainly not secure. Yeah, definitely. So I think from what happened, there's been a lot of growth and restructure and like almost like a re like a new branding almost for like what is Columbine? Like what is Columbine Pride? And honestly, Columbine is a family. And it's like you don't go to Columbine to just go to school there. You're going to Columbine to be welcomed into like a whole different family. So that's kind of what Columbine is. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that for sure. I think that's what most schools strive to be is to to create that family atmosphere. So I love to hear that it did for you. Let's talk about, let's kind of get to, uh, get right to it, get, to, <laughs> get to, right to April 2nd, rather than kind of laid out in my words, that doesn't make any sense. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what exactly happened that day. So that, <clears throat> it wasn't really that day. I would have to say it was kind of like in that month. I was just dealing with like a lot of like personal stuff where I started reaching for alcohol as my kind of like my escape. And so it started turning out into like me wanting to drink and go out and all that stuff. So then leading up to April 2nd, here I was kind of getting drunk, having it get the best of me. And I decided to drive home after I ended up going out to like the club and back to an apartment with like other friends and all that stuff and just like drinking having fun with our friends all of that and then I drove home but I was also emotional too because I did just get out of a relationship at the time all of that so it was kind of like I, I was texting and I was like driving and crying but I was also like under the influence too and I ended up getting pulled over the officer ended up like letting me off he just told me like get home safely literally all that was said but I was the one who decided to take a recording and flip the whole situation around and say that I blew a 3.8 which is one not even anywhere possible I don't even know where I got that number from it was a flat out just live hold from my little butt to make it look make me look cooler when I really didn't and I posted the lie saying that the officer was hitting on me and asked for my number and wanted to take me out to lunch and all that stuff when the officer didn't say anything along those lines at all. He literally asked if I was drinking that night. I said no. I told him that I think my ex-boyfriend and I broke up or something and I was just like upset and he just told me to get home safely and that was that was it. And then the video footage got released and it obviously backlash to my face and it was proven that I was lying but I posted it as if like my lies were true until the actual side came out so I mean you said a lot was going on that that month what why do you think that you decided to do that was it just uh I guess I don't know kind of your your, your little second of fame when it comes to your your friends or, or what made you decide to do that because I feel like a lot of times you know when people get pulled over it's a little traumatizing like 
I don't know that I would have wanted to post a video. So what, what made you decide that, Hey, that's something that I wanted to, to do at that moment. I think partially because I was under the influence, like all of the videos I did post, I ended up deleting, I ended up deleting all of them within two hours. So then within those two hours, those videos were obviously screen recorded, handled within that time frame. Cause it was also posted at like midnight to like three in the morning ish. Um, but it was part of that, but it was also like, I think, honestly, like, I'm just going to be completely honest with myself. I wanted the attention. I loved the attention in the time. Like, mm-hmm. 2022, Skylar loved the attention and did everything in her power to make sure everybody was looking at me. And that's obviously kind of like where my ego got the best of me and stuff. And the, the situation humbled me. It really did. And it, I needed it, honestly. And like... I'm, I'm, unfor- I'm like upset that it had to happen in that type of way, but I'm happy it also happened because it was a hard lesson that actually like got me to listen to it. You know, that takes a lot to 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 say what you did. So I I think that's that's definitely that you've made uh, you made progress and that you've grown from then. So I, I like to hear that. I want to kind of talk about what did come out afterwards, which is of course the the police officer's body cam. Uh, and it's kind of a strange thing because, of course, it made you look bad. You know, you already talked about it made you made people realize that what you were saying was was not accurate, that it was a, a lie. But it also saved this officer's job because, you know, if, if that was really something that he did, then he probably wouldn't have a job for, for very long. So I just wonder when that came out. Of course, I, I mean, everyone, at least in that first split second, is thinking about themselves and thinking, oh, God, what in the world? Uh, now I now people know I'm lying what was the feelings there? Cause of course, you know, it saved this person's job, but it also made you look bad. So when that came out, I don't know how quickly it came out afterwards, but talk a little bit about that. Cause it had to be a little tough for you, but good for the community as a whole, so to speak. I'm honestly like happy it came out because before any of it happened and it was just like me going viral before any of the body cam footage came out, I was literally like in my garage to my dad begging crying like like trying to like beg like force my man or force my dad to take me to jail because I was like I I deserve to go to jail for this like he's gonna lose his job because of me like I deserve to be locked up like I deserve some sort of punishment for my actions and I was like begging my dad to literally take me to jail I was like I either need to get a DUI I either need to get arrested for lying either need to get arrested for both i don't know what it is do something this man needs to keep his job i don't know what i need to do and then after i had that big all of that the next day the body cam footage thankfully came out but looking at it it was kind of like embarrassing because it was like wow like you're so embarrassing you know that was like all it really was that was like my only emotion i felt was just like embarrassed that was really, but like with it being released, I was just really happy because I was like, you know what, at least people know the truth because I was just tired of like me being placed in such a bad lying image. I was like, okay, people just need to see the truth. Get it out. I'm tired of like that being my face. Like I, I'm done. I, I don't like this. I'm tired of the lies that this needs to change. This needs to stop. And it was honestly like, when that body cam footage got released and it was kind of like a slap back in my face and I saw those videos and the, the tweets and all that stuff, I was like, I looked at myself, so I was like, 
I need to grow up. This is not who I want to be. I'm 18 years old. I do not want to be this person in my future. As like, I have so much more potential and I'm not going to ruin my potential with a bad name. So. Yeah. Now I want to kind of talk about that pushback in a second, but once this all came out and, and I mean, you have, I think been very mature about it and, and realized that it was a, a big mistake you from the very beginning, which I'm, I'm glad to hear you realize that and that it was something that you wanted to make sure that didn't affect the, you know, the person that it could have affected and that is the officer. So what, uh, what happened when it came to, to the department? One, did you ever get to talk to him and, you know, apologize for the situation Two, I don't even know when it comes to, to laws, whether that's breaking another one, did you get in any kind of trouble when it came to that activity? Um, so the officer and I just kind of decided to make it best that we didn't do any like in-person like meetups or anything like that. Um, my apology though was enough and like everything there, they never really informed if they were going to press charges or not. That was kind of just something that was iffy, but I never got in trouble for like anything or arrested or charges or anything like that um he ended up just like appreciating my apology he's like it's the fact that you owned up to it and you apologized and you faced your actions and all that stuff and it's like and I promise too to like keep growing every day to become a better person and I feel like to myself I'm growing every single day so I'm at least trying to do that yeah absolutely and the Let's kind of get to the the part that I, I truly want to talk about because of course there's got to be a there's got to be a situation to grow from and that's why we have to kind of talk about that but the the bigger theme of this conversation is just there's tons of people when it comes to social media that have their 15 minutes of fame and sometimes infamy when it's not great things um, but we don't really think about all the other ramifications of that so I just wonder when this initially happened it blew up for you and then it kind of downward spiral because of that video that that showed that it wasn't you know accurate what was that like for for you that that pushback you know the the pushback on social media maybe even the pushback in in real life uh i i imagine that socially it probably wasn't great mentally it wasn't great so talk a little bit about uh overcoming that because that takes a strong person as well yeah so it was not fun the first month it was terrible like I was like terrified to leave my house because I had people follow me when I would leave school and would like follow me home people would throw things at my car say things to me in the stores the tweets um all that stuff so what I did like it also got to the point too where and I went back to because I went to school the whole time I never took a break from school I still continue to grow because I almost didn't have enough hours to graduate. So I was like, I have to go. Like, there's nothing I can do. But it was to the point where like, even like the staff was like, you need to like have like, you need a mental evaluation because the things people were saying about me, like that's hard for any 18 year old girl to read. Mm -hmm. So honestly, the, the, the thing I did to me is like, I turned off my social media. I changed all of my names, made all my stuff like, pictures off private I ended up just like not engaging with social media I didn't look at anything I didn't read the news didn't watch the news if people asked me questions I was just like I don't know my biggest 
advice is to just not engage into the negative because that's how you get sucked into things that will pull you down mentally. So the only reason why I was able to continue to grow as much as I did and not let it pull me down as much is because I chose not to look at it. So it was like, I, I don't, what I can't see is what I don't know. And that's honestly what I lived by. I still live by to this day. Like I refuse to look my name up on Google. I refuse to look up the tweets about me. I refuse to look up all the YouTube videos about me just because it's embarrassing. And I know it's just going to ruin me mentally and it's just going to bring me down. Yeah. Was the, the department that, you know, this all happened with, is it your, your local department or is it somewhere out, outside of where you live? Yep. It's my local department. So it's the Jefferson County PD and I'm right in the middle. Which I'm sure adds to, adds to it because, you know, you were talking about getting threats and all this kind of stuff. And given that it was something that happened because with the police department, probably didn't make you feel like, oh yeah, they're going to have my back if something truly happens. So I feel like that, that added to a little bit of the, 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 the scares, the scariness of it all. Yeah. And it also kind of taught me too, where I was like, you really have to learn how to defend yourself. So if you really want to be content with yourself, you have to do everything for yourself. So it really taught me, I was like, I can't rely on other people for help because I didn't have anybody else. When all that stuff happened, all of my friends left me, everybody else left me. So it was literally just me and my dad really grinding through it. And then my best friend, Faith, she ended up reaching out to me during the situation and like, helped me a lot through it. So it was like literally just like us three trying to keep me up. Right. And I want to, I mean, I want to, I guess, clarify that I'm sure it made you feel like, you know, that, you know, the department wasn't your friends, but I mean, these are professional people. I'm sure if something truly were to happen, that it wouldn't be like they would ignore you. I didn't, I didn't want it to make it look like that. A hundred percent. Like I knew that if I really needed their help, they would, but just given the situation, that was just not right. who would probably want to help me in that moment. <laughs> yeah. And I want to talk about you, the, the friends and family aspect when it happened, you said that a lot of people kind of left, which couldn't have been easy. Do you chalk that up or maybe that finding out who your true friends were and that they weren't, or that, you know, it's high school's a tough time. And when something bad happens, people just, they, you know, they mentally can't handle it either. Where, what, what happened? Did you, did they, slowly come back and you accepted them back or was it that hey these people weren't my weren't my friends to begin with it was kind of the people who i've noticed the people who left me when it happened i haven't really rekindled those friendships and that's okay i'm fine with that but then i have obviously met so many other friends since it and people have asked me questions about it and I've grown with all my other friends and it's people choose like a lot of people know about it and all that stuff. So it's kind of like, it's harder for me to make friends of course, because people have that instant judge judgment and stuff. And like back in high school, when it happened, it happened right before prom. So all of my friends for prom and stuff in my big friend group all ended up dropping me. So I didn't have anybody to go to prom with, which was kind of sad, but it honestly taught me how to be my own friend and how to show up for myself. And it taught me how to find people that actually want to love me and support me too. Yeah, no, that's good for sure. I want to, I want to just, you, you've already kind of talked a lot about the things that you 
you did to make sure that you did stay strong mentally. And then also you, you, you kind of sprinkled in a lot of different things that you've learned, but I want to kind of just ask that question with everything that happened. Ultimately, what do you think you learned from it all? Don't lie. That's honestly like lying in general. It's just stupid. Like you don't have to change your character for people to accept you. That's my biggest like outcome, I would say. And then also don't post stupid things on social media for attention. It's going to bite you in the butt. Put like what you want people to see on social media is what you want people to perceive you in real life. So don't like go out embarrassing yourself on social media because that's what people are going to think of you in real life. And honestly, you're so like, your reality perspective and what people think of you in real life is more important than your social platform. Yeah. So if, if you had people before they even met you, because that is kind of a, a real thing now that they've already maybe looked you up and know what's, what's happening and what happened in the past. What do you wish that those people knew, you know, about you that you, you wish that they knew about Skylar that, that they're really not going to get when they have that, uh, that preconceived notion coming into it. I would say, like, when you get to know me for who I really am, I'm a very comfortable, like, safe person. Like, I like being the person that's going to show up for you and make you feel loved. I'm a very, like, no matter what, no matter what you're going through, I'm going to be right next to you making sure that you have everything you need. Like I'm a very like, just like a lovey, dovey, happy, outgoing person that likes to make you laugh and also annoy you at the same time. So is that, is that some, the way that you've always been? Do you think that's, you've been, became more like that because of, you talk about how you try to be there for people and make them feel loved, which, you know, a year ago, that was something that you were not getting. A lot of people weren't there for you and a lot of people weren't making you feel that way. So do you think that you grew on that because of that or, or have you always been that way? No, it's really weird because I honestly think I became that way since the situation because it taught me to be grateful for who I have now hmm. because it taught me to prioritize. I'm like, wow, everybody left me but and the whole world hates me, but look who is still rooting for me. And I was like, so the, and it taught me, I was like, I need to like, when I meet those people who I know are like my, you're my rock, you're my dime, you're my friend, I'm going to do absolutely and everything I can do to show you that I support you. And like, I appreciate you. And like, thank you. So here now, let me, let me take care of you since you're helping me. Yeah. And I want to ask, you know, you meeting, meeting new people now, you talk about how they could look you up and have a preconceived notion what what's what's that do to you now because that mentally that would be strange to me to to know that okay does this person has this person already looked me up do they already know what happened have they not looked me up like what what's what's that like definitely i get super anxious now going out going out in public that's not kind of like i dread almost leaving my house i'm like ooh i have to leave my house for like longer than an hour like i'm like super fidgety i'm like oh my gosh like people know me like you know and it's like since I'm far away from home I'm like I'm not I can't go home <laughs> so definitely that I get really shy at first too with new people just until I can like warm up and trust 
your intuition and like trust your vibe and like catch the feel for things. Um, before that I was super outgoing though with meeting people. And now I like kind of shut down at first, but once I like get to know you, I'm like big group hug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. And I want to ask you too, just the other side of things, you know, let, let's say that you don't know whether they've already looked you up or, or how do you handle that? Is it something like I'll address it if they ever bring it up? Is it something like, I'm just going to hit this head on. So, you know, I can, I can be the one that takes power of the situation. Do you try to avoid it? Or do, at some point when you know somebody long enough, you're like, Hey, this happened. It was real stupid, but I'd rather you, I'd rather us talk about it than you look it up. Honestly, a lot of people, I just kind of assume people already know, mm. or I bring it up all the time. Cause like, I still see me pop up on my TikTok to this day and like that will pop up where people like that I'll become friends with send it to me and stuff like that and people don't really care now because it's like it was a year ago and people don't really judge me for it now just because the people I've met now see that's not who I am because I don't even drink liquor like how I did anymore I I drink maybe once a month now so people have seen my growth so that doesn't really affect it but when people do ask me about it i just answer it straight on I'm like yep what do you want to know and i just kind of take it how i'm supposed to take it like i embarrass myself so i still have to kind of deal with the consequences with it every day right well i want to ask you to you you talk about just the, the mental aspect of not not wanting to you know leave the house not sure what, whether people seen things talk about you know, a year later obviously things Things die down, just like just like we we talked about how definitely in the rapidly changing social media world, there's a million a million new people to pick on, so to speak, every day. So people just kind of forget things. What ramifications are you still dealing with because of of all of it? Is it just kind of all mental now because you know worrying about people knowing about it? Is there any true direct ramifications still, or or, or are we out with all that? Oh, I'm definitely still some mental, like I'm obviously still working past everything, growing past everything, all of that stuff. Um, I still get a few of those rude little Instagram DMs, comments, all of that stuff, but I just delete them. Like I don't need to see the negative stuff on my, on my stuff, especially. I want to ask you too, because you know, this podcast obviously is not, like I said, a, a gotcha podcast, but it's also if people go and, and check you out, I want to make sure that you are able to to answer all the questions before they have them. So we talk about kind of the, you know, wanting to be out there, wanting to be social and, and uh, you know, outgoing, that kind of stuff and and how you used to kind of want to draw attention to yourself. Let's say somebody goes and follows you on Instagram now. It's an interesting world there, and I think you are drawing a lot of attention there. So talk a little bit about, about your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, my Instagram, people can have their judgments and stuff, but honestly, the things I post, that's for some reason the way I just feel the most confident and doing little things to help boost my confidence and all that stuff again because the whole situation shattered me completely. So just like little things there to still know that I, I I'm capable of 
feeling my best self and all of that and kind of doing that. And it's also like, who cares what people think of you? Like do what you want with your social media at the same time, like make it what you want without it being embarrassing mm-hmm. in a way, you know? Yeah. And, and, but that, and that's kind of, I think that would, and the reason I want to bring that up, because I think that's <laughs> kind of the, the crux of this situation, because I'm all about, you know, empowerment. You, you do what makes you comfortable and you, you, I mean, you do what you want. And I think that's amazing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but there's that extra thing where people will, will look at, at that and think, okay, because of what happened, she's trying to, trying to, to, to get clout based off of that. And that's the reason that's, that, you know, she's posting. And, and we're, of course we're talking about, you know, posting risque type photos. So, so to speak. So I just wonder how that feels because of course there's that side that everyone should be able to do whatever the heck they want and no one should judge that. But then, you know, you have people be like, okay, well, this has happened because, you know, she's got a little bit of fame now. So, so what do you say to that? Um, I have always kind of posted more on like the riskier, like when I was in high school, obviously it was like bathing suits and all of that. And always posted like mirror pictures, um, just kind of like, as I've, grown that's always just like been my type of style but then I realized with the platform and stuff that you can always do other things on I was like screw it I'm gonna do it because I was actually in college and had to pay my college tuition I was like freaking out I was like what do I do so that's when I started it because I was like I need to pay for my school because I was like I'm in college I want to go to cosmetology school like I need something to help me pay for my college so that's kind of of do work and stuff as well all that I ended up moving home from Colorado Mesa for my second semester to be my grandma's full-time caregiver mm. so she has Alzheimer's so I take care of her full-time now so that's what like my main job is oh, I think that's that's awesome so and that kind of is a, a great segue into the next question that is you know, we, we've talked all about the, the aspects of, of growing from it and, and trying to rebuild yourself, but exactly what steps have you put in place in order to make sure this doesn't, doesn't define you for forever? What, what, what steps are you, are you taking and, and where are you at now with all of it? Um, it was definitely a lot of internal, like realizing of who do I want to be and what are things that are limiting me from that? And everything that limited me from my growth, I flat out just cut it out of my life completely for like six months. And within that six months, I was just completely grinding, working on myself, proving to people that that's not who I am. I'm not a pathological liar. I'm not the, I'm not a girl who just wants to crave all this attention anymore. Like I'm, you know, it was just, it's, my constant everyday mental battles. Um, I also didn't trust going to therapy during any of that because I thought all of the therapists wouldn't want to talk to me because of the situation. It was like, I was just had so much anxiety. So I like really had to deal with everything alone because I was just so nervous in the time. But it was honestly doing that and just like trying to like take a break, rebrand my name. I've gotten other jobs and stuff since I went to college working now next year. I'm planning on going to cosmetology school and getting my cosmetology license. That way I can like 
have a good job, and then I'm going to go back to college and finish getting my degree. No, that's awesome. And, and, you know, I don't know whether you're in, in therapy now, and that's certainly none of, none of my business. But what I will tell you is I can promise you that the people that, you know, the, the therapists help people through a, people that have done things a lot, lot worse than this. There's no, no excuses for, yeah. for what, for what you did, but there, there, there's people in therapy that have done a lot worse. So I promise there's therapists out there that'll help you. Yeah, which I have <laughs> one now, which she's my girl. She's helped me. So good. I want you now to tell us how, uh, how people can, can find you find, you know, follow along with your, your journey. And, and, uh, I guess just shout shout out your, your, your social media, if you would. Um, I mean, I guess my only big social media platform that I really use is my Instagram. So it's just at Skylar Renee underscore Skylar Renee underscore. And I want you just to leave us with, uh, kind of advice for others because of, you know, every situation is different, but everybody has done something that they look back and think, Oh, that was real stupid. I shouldn't have done that. It sounds like you realized it very quickly, but it also, you probably did something that was a lot of, at a lot different level than people when it comes to notoriety. A lot of people learned about it. We, a lot of us do things we shouldn't do, but we don't have to have all of social media kind of beat us down for it. So because you've dealt with something so, so major, what's your advice to people who realize, Hey, I've done something where I shouldn't have done. And, uh, and now I need to, uh, to make it right and, and get forgiveness from others, but then also forgive myself. I think that's a huge thing. So talk about the advice you have for others kind of to, to end this. I'd say don't let your past mistakes be the face of who you are now. The only way that is going to happen is if you do nothing but just stay the same. So as long as you are growing every day and you are doing something to improve yourself, you are going to move miles along. And I will also say that people may say you're not growing, but as long as you feel like you are doing enough and you are pushing yourself to do enough to grow, that's all that matters and other people's opinions on what you're doing does not matter when it comes to your own self-reflection. No, I think that's awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Skylar. Yeah, thank you. So that was Skylar Fluss. I learned so much this week. You know, I'm not making any excuses for what she did. And, and frankly, I don't think she's making any excuses either. I think that she took ownership of the situation. I think she realized that she made a, a tremendous mistake, that it's not a good thing at all. Unfortunately, one of the biggest mistakes she's made was something that was broadcast out for a lot of people to see. And that's the, the interesting part to examine. You know, we've all made big mistakes have we all truly grasped them and have we all truly taken ownership of them like Skylar has? I don't know that we have. It's, it's a lot easier to, to kind of brush a mistake under the rug and, and move past it without truly examining things when it's not rem you're not reminded about it all the time. And, and that's the interesting part of this, uh, this thing with, with Skylar because you know it went viral. Not only did her, her dad have to talk to her about the mistake. Not only did you know some of her friends learn about it, but tons and tons of people learned about it. People that did not know Skylar other than that one short little video and, and created their own 
preconceived notions. You know, they they decided that she was this or she was that, all while she was trying to grapple with you know this this terrible mistake that she made. She realized from the very beginning that hey, this was awful. You know, in this conversation, she even talked about how she wanted to go to jail because she realized it was something that was bad and it was affecting other people. And I I give her a, a ton of credit for that. I think that she matured extremely quickly in this situation and i think that she is is nothing but uh, someone who's taking um the you know the the onus for the the situation and i i commend her for that i wish you wouldn't have taken something like this for her and i'm, I'm sure she wishes that too but we can only we can only deal with uh, things and, and the ramifications as they come once it happened i think she she handled things extremely well I, I think that it's just a an interesting look at uh, you know the the world of, of viral fame. You know, viral fame can sometimes be great, but it can sometimes be bad too. You know, it captures some people's best moments, but it, it a lot of times captures people's worst moments too. So, what happens after you know everyone's done examining it and everyone's done making their their jokes or? or making their troll comments and and what does that do to somebody who's just trying to grow uh, past a mistake so i think skylar's at a a great place with that i think that she is uh she's got the mental fortitude to uh to persevere and to get get past it um but it's always going to be something that uh you know is is there you know social media is always there but uh, I, I think that uh, I think Skyler's got a bright future. Uh, there's there's some rocky patches, but uh, at the end of the day, I I, I only can hope that uh, those rocky patches are just going to to help shape who Skyler is and and make her more uh, successful in the future. She's certainly persevered through a lot already in her young life. So hey. I, I wish her absolutely nothing but the best. If you want to follow along with her, check out what she's got going next. I, I think that you'll see a, a person who is uh, is moving forward and uh, and growing every day, and, and that's that's all you can ask for. Go check out her social media. Um, the link will be in the show note. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, really appreciate you being here. Go follow us as well, Not Enough Podcast, on Facebook and on Instagram, jacksnuff.com. Go give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. I really appreciate that. Uh, leave a written review on Apple. Even more amazing. If you do nothing else, go catch us next week. Another amazing guest. Go check out over 150 guests in the past. A little, lot of really amazing ones there, too. So we'll see you next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.